This EHIV Review Special Edition podcast is presented by DKB Med Radio. Hello, I'm Dr. Matt Spinelli. I'm talking today with Dr. Annie Antar from the Division of Infectious Diseases at Johns Hopkins. Dr. Antar, how have patients in your HIV clinic been impacted by COVID-19? Has any specific group been disproportionately impacted? Well, hello. Thank you so much for having me on here. I practice in the Johns Hopkins Bartlett Specialty Practice, where we see about 3,000 people who are living with HIV. And so in the first four months of the pandemic, from March through the end of June, we had 31 patients that we know that tested positive for COVID-19. I followed the outcomes of those patients. We know that 10 of them were admitted to the hospital, five were intubated, one patient unfortunately died, and two others had poor outcomes. So we know their average age was 53, the average body mass index was 33, so in the obese category, and 90% of them had comorbidities besides HIV that are known to put them at risk for more severe COVID-19. Only three had CD4 counts that were less than 200 prior to the COVID-19 diagnosis, and of those, two actually required hospitalization. I'm very sorry to hear how many of your patients required intubation. Have you noticed that CD4 count and HIV viral load, if they have any relationship with the risk of severe COVID-19 in your patients? We collected the outcomes from our patients and sent it to a national registry that was headed by Dima Dandatsu at the University of Missouri. She actually came out with a publication last month, and it was specifically designed to address this linkage between CD4 count and viral load and COVID outcomes. So disclaimer, I'm a co-author because we contributed our data to this. So she found that patients who had CD4 counts less than 200, as compared to those with CD4 counts greater than 500, were more likely to be hospitalized and actually more likely to experience a severe outcome, which included ICU admission, ventilation, or death. So the caveat there is that it's unknown based on kind of the data recording measures when the CD4 count was obtained. So in some cases, that could have been during the COVID-19 diagnosis. And we're seeing lymphopenia um, when people have COVID-19. But I can tell you that the patients that we sent her, all of those CD4 counts were done before the COVID-19 diagnosis, before they were infected and exposed. She also found through her study, and this study included over 250 patients, that patients with an unsuccessful viral load were more likely to be in a hospitalized group of patients than those who didn't require hospitalization. So it appears that it, it may be more likely that people who have very low CD4 counts, less than 200, may be more likely to end up hospitalized or to end up having a, a severe outcome. But I think, you know, it'll be great to get data on this from other bigger groups as well. So we've heard quite a bit about the unfortunate impacts of the COVID-19 epidemic on people living with HIV. Can you tell us a little bit about how your clinic has responded? So I have to give a lot of kudos to the leadership in our clinic. Dr. Joyce Jones, Dr. Yukum Nabe, really implemented kind of a suite of actions to promote best practices for HIV care during the pandemic. So I think some major things that worked were the heavy promotion of our in-clinic pharmacy delivery of medications by mail to patients. And I think that worked very well on the whole. Most of my patients are getting the medications this way. A second thing that really worked well was that our clinic main phone line was updated and it gave patients an option to get to a warm line for rapid screening and testing for COVID-19. And then we included wraparound care. So if anyone recorded symptoms of COVID-19 and requested a test, we would make sure that they had a telemedicine follow-up to see how they were doing. And then another thing, this is getting to COVID care for HIV-positive people. 
our clinic purchased and mailed pulse oximeters to patients who we thought had COVID. And that was a nice way for them to be able to monitor themselves at home and to decide when they needed to come to the emergency room. And of course, we paired that with telemedicine visits on a pretty frequent basis for people who tested positive. One thing I'm proud of in our clinic is that we're continuing to offer rapid HIV treatment initiation and re-engagement in care for our patients. We have a dedicated nurse, and so she is scheduled a telemedicine visit within a day for any ambulatory patient that's new to our practice. And if the patient's not on ART, then she's going to make sure that they're scheduled with an HIV provider within three business days with a goal for being a provider within one business day. And then other things that we've been doing, we've been utilizing home-based HIV testing through IWantTheKit.org. In terms of what we're doing for the future, part of funding that Dr. Joyce Jones in our clinic has received, we're going to be offering patients who are newly re-engaging in care or engaging for the first time in HIV care smartphones with data as needed to help use telemedicine. Wow, that's an incredible amount of work you guys have done to respond to this epidemic. I think some major takeaways for me are that having some sort of a system where patients can re-engage in care rapidly. We know that a lot of our patients are experiencing socioeconomic impacts from the epidemic and may stop their meds. And so having that space for them is so important. Thanks so much for sharing these interventions. I'm very grateful for you taking the time to speak with us. Thank you so much for having me on. For EHIV Review, I'm Dr. Matt Spinelli.